Konnichiwa. And howdy y'all. I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie. And welcome to Sumo, Sumo Kaboom. Kaboom. Where we talk about all things Sumo. Yeah, that's right. And today we are doing an Ask Me Anything. That's right. I mean, y'all had an opportunity to ask us anything. And we have some wonderful questions that we're going to yes. be addressing. That's right. Some of them are personal. Some oh. of them are Sumo related. So oh. they're all over the map. And awesome. it'll be fun to answer those. But first, I just want to say Thank you, thank you, thank you. We are a listener-supported Sumo Kaboom podcast. And Mia, Keith, Chris, and Carl, simply because of this fantastic video that you sent back to us, Carl. (laughs) It was the best thing ever. I just want to say thank you very much for supporting us. And also, while we're in the mood for thank you, Rasgards... We just opened that envelope today. That was, we got, y'all, we got like, we keep getting really cool gifts. And I'm I'm not going to say I don't absolutely freaking love it because they're always gifts that people make. And I'm like, what? (laughs) This is amazing. It's this beautiful um, painted picture that I'm sure he did of two sumo wrestlers and a gyoji and a doyo. It's beautiful. I don't know if he did it or if he bought it. It's on this beautiful, thick paper. It's stunning. Yeah. Whoever did it, we need to talk to you because we should merchandise this stuff. It's really gorgeous. It's just so fun to open an envelope. It's kind of, it's the way you guys must feel when we send these bingo things out. You must just like open the package and be like, oh my God, it's sumo related. It's just so awesome. That's exactly how we feel. So thank you, Rascards, for making our day. And thank you, Mia and Keith and Carl and Chris for supporting what we're doing. Thank you. Yeah, we should do one of those like PBS. Like, I don't know if they have these in the UK. Let us know. But here in the US, we have these PBS, um, what are they called? Like, Donation drives. Yeah, like where it's they show like a radiothon. A, yeah, like they show a ye old musical and then these two cheesy ladies or somebody, no one knows them really. Right. They might be, if like maybe a local celebrity. But and they're they, like, hello, hello. welcome to PBS. <laughs> Thank you so much for supporting all the work that we do here. But they friggin' hound you. Yes. Do you get so annoyed and you're like, fine, have my $10, okay? <laughs> Just get back to this old version of Guys and Dolls that I really want to see in the middle of a Sunday afternoon. We'll never do that to you. I say that, but anything's possible. Okay, shall we jump to a news flash? Yes. Remember Jesse Takamiyama? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he retired. He's an older gent, and he still says he goes to the gym every single day. And he gets in the pool, and then he loves the gym because it's he he goes at it still just as hard today as he did way back then. And he also like he has a big personality, so everyone at the gym loves him. So it's just like the Jesse Takamiyama hour. So anyway, he I looks like lovely. that. He he's, really he's a does. Gray fox. He does. He has a lovely quaff, a yes. lovely head of hair. Yes. Well, and we should have known this simply because of the side of his the size of his cytoburns. We should have known that he yeah. would keep such an amazing mane of hair going. Yeah. Yeah. So major props to Takamiyama. Yeah. From ye old uh, 70s, 80s uh, <laughs> sumo days. And while we're on the subject of photos, can yes. we just talk about the photo that came out last week of Hakaho holding that firing hose? I thought for a second it was like a joke, <laughs> like someone photoshopped. <laughs> Seriously. But no, apparently it's him really putting, he went to a, like a fire training and they were like, here, Yokozuna, hold the hose. We'll turn it on. See if you can handle it. And of course he did. But what it made was just like the most amazing graphic of, I don't even know what it said. It's just Hakaho with a big old fire hose. Yes. Well, in my Interpret mind, as you will. My mind, I was going to like Harlequin romance novels and I was like, that's what needs to be on the cover of a Harlequin romance novel. But thankfully, I did not put that together. Well, and but he's wearing his blue JSA know, suit, which would not just... be front cover of a romance novel. Well, maybe mine would. Well, maybe your yes. JSA-sponsored <laughs> romance novel <laughs> would have security guard Hakaho. And uh, that putting out fire, a fire. yes, it kind of would <laughs> in my mind. You'd have to but be shirtless even, under the jacket. Well, now that would make it even better, right? But someone who is much funnier than me put it on a backdraft poster. Oh my it's god, so good! It's just really <laughs> funny and really good. Thank you to all you sumo <laughs> nerds out there for giving us the content. Did you know that Daniel Ivanov became a Japanese citizen? And he who might is Daniel Ivanov. <laughs> Daniel Ivanov, also known as Bulgarian Ioyama. Oh, 
He's an Ivan. I forgot. I yeah, Daniel Ivanov. I oh, he's a Daniel. Ivo- <laughs> he's a Daniel. <laughs> he's not an Ivan. Well, in Jim, his shirt says Ivanov. <laughs> Ivanov. I think it's Ivanov. Daniel. I forgot that it was Daniel. Yeah, Danny How boy. Could I have forgotten that. Yeah, Ioyama Danny Ivanov. He now became Furuta Wataru, which I think has a nice ring to it. Yeah. I, d- I don't know why, y'all, but he picked that name. I'm sure it has a reason. <laughs> Probably. But here's the new slash, and I don't research everything. And I never really share this stuff, but, you know, we have a Redbubble account where you can, like, buy some fun Sumo Kaboom sponsored stuff or it has our logo on it and fun stuff. But anyway, they have a discount. Mix it up in all capitals for 20% off through April 21st. There you go. So I thought I'd let you all know if you don't get the annoying emails from Redbubble, I'll send them to you via the air. Hey, as an extra bonus, I finally figured out how to set up our shop so that it shows T-shirts first. It was showing like random things like, <laughs> how, do you want a refrigerator magnet with the Sumo Kaboom logo on it? How about this cover for your computer? And I was like, I don't want those things to show. And it only took me a year and a half to figure out how to make the t-shirt the thing that it reverts back and to. you're so, our tech savvy one you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> that is all i've got okay now we had lots of cool questions we and really some did. of these were like i really had to research and i went down rabbit holes that just did they just led to dead ends but i will give you some of the answers of some of the cool things i found out which i didn't know about that's great but then a lot of it was over my head i was like yeah y'all have good questions i'm not qualified (laughs) i think we're gonna have to take a pass on some of them because some of the questions are going to take extra research yeah maybe we'll turn it into an episode exactly i started to poke around on some of these and thought "Mm, no we need somebody with boots on the ground in japan to ask this of so I'm just going to tell you what our questions were, and then if we have to take a pass, we'll just take a pass. Okay? okay. Let's start with people who called in. Okay. And just reminding y'all, this is our Ask Me Anything episode. That's right. Hi. A long-time listener, first-time caller. And uh, I was wondering if you could take any rikishi, historical or contemporary, any two, and um, pit them against each other. Who would it be and why? Um, you know, like take Taiho, make him fight Hakuho, or take Futabayama and make him fight big old Akebono just to see what it's like, see if he holds up against somebody that big. Who would you like to see uh, fight and why? Okay, thank you for all you do. The number one person I want to see, I want to see him in their prime. It's Chiono Fuji, mainly just for the backside view. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I have to agree with you. And uh, the shoulders. And the shoulder. I just, he's one that I, I mean, just wanted to see. I mean, we can watch videos, but like, I wish I could be there in the ring watching him versus Hakaho. I have to agree with that. Wouldn't that be an amazing matchup? Yeah. I mean, Taiho's interesting too, because he's such a legend. Um, but the truth is, is like... I haven't spent as much time with Taiho to really, I mean, I know he's a legend, but like to really learn more about him, even though he is who like Hakaho studied, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. that might also be an interesting matchup. Just knowing that those like Hakaho was kind of riffing on his moves. Like you're saying Taiho versus Hakaho would be a great match. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because that's who Hakaho studied, Mm -hmm. I think, the most. So that would be an interesting match. But. For reals, just Chiono Fuji versus anyone. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. And me, it's Chiono Fuji. Fuji. Or Chiono Fuji. Chiono Fuji. It's ugly. Chiono Fuji. Ugly twin. Versus... Evil twin. <laughs> From Chiono... Fargo. <laughs> uh... Chiono, Chiono Fargi. Hey, I'm Chiono Fargi. And I'm Fuji from Fargo. Ver- and I am Chiono Fuji's <laughs> evil twin from the upper Midwest. Uh, no, I mean, my answer was Chiono Fuji versus Hakaho simply because of the beefcake. Yeah, the beefcake. Yeah. We never. <laughs> I wish we were more serious sportswomen, but we're not. But, you know, I just have to go back to what I, what I enjoy. Yeah, you like what you yeah. like. And I would like to see Taiho in the flesh fight because I've only seen just a few historical matches of him here and there. Well, I, I also might, I might also like just go for a random one and like go from the original, like Raiden, like yeah. way back in ye old days uh-huh. and then just put him up against like, 
like Konish key yeah. and just be like, good luck. Yeah. Let's just see what happens. Wouldn't that be exciting? <laughs> well, you know, wasn't it Raiden who was supposed to be over seven feet tall or nine, which is probably made up by yeah. some yuck yuck who was like, he was enormous, but it's from his point of view. And I don't know if he ever measured himself and he was his shrimp. Okay. That and- guy versus Enho. They might. Who knows? Yeah. Wouldn't that would that be, be interesting. Exciting? Yeah. Okay. We could go on forever, but we really we've got could. some good options. <laughs> okay. Here is another voicemail from a listener. Hi, my name is uh, Jay, and I'm co-host of a podcast myself with my friend Justin. It's called Cryptids of the Corn, and we cover uh, Bigfoot and cryptids, things like that, of the Midwest, United States, and kind of all over the world. UFOs, all sorts of paranormal things. I myself have a very big interest in sumo wrestling, and uh, I was wondering if you guys would at all be interested or have an interest in cryptids or Bigfoot or anything like that, if uh, you wanted to do an episode with us and talk about, you know, that topic. And I would be very interested in doing an episode with you guys and talking anything sumo. Um, I have a very deep invested uh, time and interest in sumo, and I, I could talk about it just about all day long. He deals in cryptid things. Cri- that, well, crypt- what's, I was like crypto, crypt, Bitco- Bitcoin. I thought the same thing. What is it? But or then I had more. To, okay, this should tell you a lot about me, Jay. I had to look up what a cryptid is. I have never it's heard that thing? term. Yes, and is it all cryptid? It's things? <laughs> encrypted podcast. No, a cryptid. What I've discovered is is a a thing that may or may not be true. Oh, like aliens. Yes. Yes. Yes, like aliens and oh. Bigfoot and... Well, um... I'm instantly giving you a follow because <laughs> I could talk all day long about if aliens exist or do ghosts exist. I have my own ghost stories. So do you really? I do. I did not know this. Yes. Can you share one now? No. I mean, I have many. I have many. But, um, the Loch Ness Monster? No. Didn't you read that article the other day that all this, the they had just... There was a meme and it just showed all these sea monsters, but it really was just whale penises. Yes, I did see that. And the other then day. I was like, oh. that's the beauty of Facebook. <laughs> we all see we that. All see we whale all see one meme about fish penises or whale penises. I'm <laughs> um, sorry if you're listening in mixed company. Earmuffs was a little too late. Um, yeah, Jay, I would totally be interested. Whatever you're talking about sounds just as kooky and as fun and as as exciting as sumo. So sign me up. And of course, we can talk about sumo all day long. Yeah, and we have to somehow combine the two. So it's got to be like uh, the abominable snowman and sumo or is there Sasquatch. One, okay, is there a cryptid in Japan that we need to know about? Oh, I'm sure there Are is. Are there people going, oh, yes, Godzilla is absolutely real. Gojira. Right. Is he real in Japan? Is he a cryptid or is he a character? See, we have so many questions for you, Jay. Yeah. Well, I guess we can discover that when we do an episode with them. That's right. Thanks for the invite. Okay. Next question. Mm-hmm. This one comes from Robert. Okay. The These are some would you rathers. Oh, good. Okay. Oh, no. There's just one would you rather. Oh, one. <laughs> would you rather, one, have tickets for ringside seats for a full two-week tournament. Yes. And they even give you special chairs instead of sitting on the floor for two hours. <laughs> like we're in the Sandies, but in like lawn chairs? <laughs> like a I don't recline- think people would be like very recliners. happy about that. <laughs> but that would be amazing if there's two lazy boys amongst Not all me. those No, no, no. I want to sit on the floor. I want to sit on the floor. Okay. But, okay, two weeks, ringside seats, or... Have one evening of karaoke with Takayasu and uh, Ikioi, but it's on Zoom and not in person. However, there's an interpreter on the call with you. Oh, this man. is really good. This is Happy really choosing, good. This is really good. <laughs> um, oh, man. That is such a good one. I... I Oh. I still like if I could choose what kind of he did say special seats. If it was a lazy boy that you like yeah, push the side button chairs. and it goes, what if it goes up and down and you like recline, like, like but at floor level? <laughs> yeah, so there's all flat. the sand seats. You could hit somebody with the leg, you know, the leg thing coming out. 
That is pretty good. And then we would have the same persona as the princess. They would right. be like, who are the two ladies in the lazy boys right, in right, the right. seat? <laughs> okay, but here's here's the real question I think it I comes mean, down to. I mean, is it personal? I mean, I would choose, I would choose, I think, Takayasu and Ikioi. That would be my thing. I'd have a personal interaction, which is what I've been dying to do, even right. if on Zoom. And I would hope that they would have such a good time that they would invite me over and then I could hang out with them in person. And then I'm building a friendship with my favorite wrestler. <laughs> that you just happen to need to interpreter for yeah each although and every time you talk with we them. could you know with our recliners in the sand seat area yeah. we would also be in possibly people would be curious enough about us we might also get you know personal hellos from everyone who's like you're very bold you are very <laughs> too bold put two <laughs> recliners I think, at ringside i think the choice really comes down to do you want to have two weeks ringside access for sumo <sighs> all day or do you want, like, which is more important, the sumo or the personal interaction? And so no. I think you're saying the personal interaction is. Yeah, but I mean, the, it's a close second. I really? mean, I would kill to be there all day, every day for I would the whole too. two weeks. Like, I would too. Like, that would be epic. It would be the most amazing way to spend two weeks ever and to right. be that close to the action. Right. I, ugh. But then Takayasu singing into a Zoom call just for me. Okay. Okay. Here it is. I think if it was in person and it was Takayasu yeah. and Ikioi in person, yeah, I would have no down. doubt. Hands down. Hands down. It's that choice. It's us in but a karaoke room. Right. But yeah. since it's over Zoom yeah, I know. and so much technology can go wrong over Zoom. I know. I mean. It could be a thunderstorm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We've had that issue before. I would not give up two weeks of sumo in order to hope that one hour of Zoom with Takayasu and Ikioi would come through. So I'm going to have to go with number one. And I think you went with number two. Yeah, but barely. But yeah. barely. <laughs> there you go, Robert. There's your answer. Next question. This is from Dawn Meyer. She writes, her question is, when the winner of a match receives the stack of envelopes, mm -hmm. are they specifically from his sponsor or from the sponsors of both wrestlers? In other words, say Takayasu is wrestling Abi. Are both wrestlers sponsor prizes compiled into one stack and whoever wins gets the whole stack? Or if Abby wins, the guy on the side grabs Abby's stack and Takayasu's stack goes back to the sponsors? No, I think it's, isn't it just... I think winner takes all. Winner takes all. That's the, I think that's the, the draw of it. Yes. Is these... That's why these little guys who beat a Yokozuna, they're like, hey, hey not I get only all this money. I get like money that nobody ever imagined I would beat this Yokozuna and I get the gold, you know, the Kimboshi. Yeah. I think that's the way it is, unless I've missed the boat. But no, I, think I think it's that's winner the way takes it is. all. Yeah. yeah. Good question, Don. Yeah. Really good question. And she also asks, if foreign tourists are ever allowed back in Japan, will you arrange a group trip to a tournament? That would be so fun. Oh, my gosh. I would totally go as one. But if you'd like me to organize it. <laughs> that would have to be me. It would be Laurie. I, I'm i like, no, thanks. But I'll come along and I'll have opinions that you don't want as to how you've planned it. But, <laughs> but that is a good idea. I mean, it if, there's, is, if but... there's more people out there that are interested in that, let us know. And if you're, uh, what do they call them? Travel guide, travel agent. All the better. I don't know jack squat about organizing anything. You'd have to have somebody who spoke Japanese to do some of the, well, let's all do an onsen tour, a spa tour, and then let's go climb Mount Fuji. And then you got to book all the little cabins on the way up. That's all stuff that I think is better done with a local person. But yes, I like the question. I like the idea of us just going on a big vacation with a bunch of sumo nerds. Yes. So maybe we'll find a way to make that happen if enough people are interested. Y'all let us know. We had never thought about that before. So I, I love I love the idea. You had and you <laughs> pretty much decided, no, nope, I will never put I that will together. I will never do that. <laughs> but thank you. Whereas I kind of go, huh, If it's planned for me, that's I'll show up. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I'm sure that I could work with somebody and maybe we can make that happen. All right. Here's a question. This is from SU. And SU writes, this may be tough, but I can't tell the difference mm -hmm. between push out, force out, thrust out, crush out. Have any clues? 
And by the way, I do want a kimorite called wedgie dashi, which is Tochi's <laughs> go-to skill. Yes, that is that is win by wedgie. Win by wedgie. Well, I figured or, we need to go to an expert for this. Okay, Because perfect. we have often discussed this in our podcast as well. Was that a push? Was that a thrust? Was What? Well, they How? don't know. They change, they change them half the time afterwards because well, the color commentary people are like, I think that's what it is. And then you'll see the next day on the correct kimorite that was used, and it's different than what it said on the television or whatever. It's well, so here's, here's the deal. I thought we needed to talk with someone who studied this a lot more than we have. So I went to Bruce at the Tachii blog. Oh, perfect. Yes. So here is Bruce's answer. I love this question. This yes. question this because... question goes right into the heart of sumo. And, yes. uh, um and is the short answer is it's all about the hands uh, for the most part, and then secondarily about the feet. Uh, and so we'll go into a little bit about how these some of these kimarate get named and how they decide which one to assign. Perfect. Um, and it, the first thing to, to get is that all of their names are essentially, like many words in Japan, compounded, meaning there are, there are basic syllabic elements that mean certain things, and as you combine them, of course, using the rules of the Japanese language, it actually describes what's happening. So some things to understand about this. So, um, so Oshi, right? You, you, um, if you read any of my commentary, you, you note that I sometimes talk about Oki or Oshi Suki matches, um, and that's that's pushing and thrusting. So Oshi is pushing, right? right? And Suki is thrust thrusting. And what you may not understand. Um, is the difference between them. So Oshi pushing, you maintain hand contact the whole time, right? So if I'm pushing the door, my hand's against the door the whole time. Okay. Um, tsuki thrusting, that means I hit it and withdraw, okay? So if you're thinking about what Abi's doing, right? Yeah. He's doing mass Tsuki, right? Where okay. if you think about what, say, Kisunasato might do, is he would put one of those giant meaty hands on you and he would just move you along and that was pretty much the end of you um the other one to note is yori right so yes. as in yori kiri is it the hand is on the is is on the mawashi right, right? Or, or gripping the body in some way right there's another a, a, a few more modifiers that are useful to know one is one is suri suri is lifting right so it's it's very um <laughs> terana fuji right yeah. is constantly lifting things out and tossing them about because i mean if, if you're basically the human representation of Godzilla, what else are you going to do? Right. Right. right? I mean, when you say, when you say Tsuri, are you talking T-S-U-R-I? Yeah, like Tsuridashi. Yes. Okay. Right? It means picking up and throwing out the trash. If you're the human embodiment of Godzilla and you're in an enclosed area like the Kokugikan, you can't unleash a nuclear fireball because you're going to kill everyone and a lot of them are your fans. So you just pick things up and move them. Right. Right. right? Uh, the other one you'll see a lot is, is Okuri which is from behind. So kuridashi, right? You know, you're shoving them out from behind. Um, okay. Another so one you're going to find a lot um, is, is dashi, which is has to do with stepping or movement or taoshi, which is falling. So let's right. let's take a couple of examples, right? So oshi dashi, the hand's not on the mawashi and the arms basic, usually aren't fully extended at this point, but you've got, you're maintaining hand contact and you're pushing them out of the ring. Okay, so if okay. in the course of doing that they fall down before they're outside the ring, then it's a, then it's Oshi Taoshi, right? right? You're thrusting them down. Right. So if they fall out after they're out of the ring, it's still Oshidashi. Oh no, I didn't realize that was that distinction of where they fall down. So if they're yep. in the ring, it's a Taoshi, and out of the ring, it's a Dashi. Yes. Okay. Right. So Tsuki Dashi. You're using momentary contact. This is Tsukidashi is 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 Takakesha, 100%. So bap, bap, snap, 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 snap. Right. Okay. And sometimes he's doing both hands at the same time, this wave action sapari that I talk about. Right. And, and so Tsukitoshi is if you're doing that and your opponent loses their footing and falls down. Right. In the ring. In the ring. Okay. Got it. So what about a crush out? What is a so crush a, out? So a crush out is when you fall on top of them. So it doesn't matter if you've got their belts or not, it's just 
<laughs> it's just pancake. Yeah, when you when you get two hundred ki- kilograms worth of itchy nojo falling on you, trust me, it's a crush out. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> that happened in the last spa show. It's right. Really if you're wise, it's also a trip to the emergency room and a, and a quick X-ray. It would be for either one of us. <laughs> well, for most hu- most human beings and and several species of large animals as well. <laughs> so a crush <clears throat> out is a pancake. Yes. A thrust out is usually faster but it's it's momentary it's using momentary hand contact to impart momentum on your opponent right and they get away from you when they go out of the ring and a push is usually there's contact maintained i love the vision of the big meaty hands on someone and just pushing them out that's great tamawashi is another um another good one he's more oshi than suki most of the time right so he'll he'll keep at least one hand usually close to center mass. So if you read me, uh, read my stuff, I'm always talking about center mass and how yeah. important it is. And it's this area for pretty much from below the shoulders to right around the navel. And that's where most of the mass of any human being is located. If you can control that, you've controlled the person when you come to any sort of, uh, of, of combat sport. Right. Right. And so if you take a look at some of the greats, Hakaho, Harmafuji, Kisanasato, they are usually focusing their attacks either on setting up a throw, which is at the belt, or if they're doing Oshi or Yori or Tsuki, they're hitting center mass. One of the reasons why Abi is such a, a fun conundrum is he's almost always going for the head and the neck. Yeah. But it works, right? You can't argue with the guy's winning record. Right. Well, Tamawashi tends to do that pretty, pretty often as well. Well, no. so he's got one hand that's usually going for the head and the other one's on the body. Oh, I guess I have not noticed right? that. So the, the left hand will frequently come up and, and grab a Nodua, but that right hand is usually there on the ribs pushing. Okay. Whereas Abby is just like both hands going for the throat or the head. Right. Okay. All right. This is helping to make sense. So, yeah, just, you know, in terms of the most commonly one, most common Kimarate, you know, Oshidashi, uh, Okuridashi, Tsukidashi, those sorts of things. They're all about hand placement and what happens at the moment the person loses, whether they're inside the ring when they fall down, outside the ring when they fall down, whether they fall down at all. Yay. Yeah. And if you want to hear more from Bruce, I'm going to put more of our discussion up on our YouTube channel. You can go there. And by the way, you can go to the Tachiai blog any time of the day or oh, night and it's read just, fantastic articles yeah, by Bruce. It's like a knowledge. It's just, there's just so many people that are so knowledgeable about sumo and uh, there's a lot to learn. They do a, they do a great little, great little blog over there. Next question is from Rod and he wants to know, what do you guys do for jobs <laughs> slash work? Cause we know sumo <laughs> podcasting isn't covering the bills yet. <laughs> So what do we do for a living? You want to go first? Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I do whatever someone will pay me to do. Um, no, I. Uh, we're both artists in one capacity or another. I teach musical improv. So I've been a longtime comedian and I did that in New York and L.A., performed all over the world doing improv and musical improv. So I actually teach here in town. So I teach those classes. And um, but then I'm also like a union actor. So I go around the world or around the U.S. and I travel. And although I haven't really in a long time just because of the pandemic, um, but I perform in musicals. So I'm doing a show here in town playing Fairy Godmother. I'm about to do Young Frankenstein this summer. But then I also do voiceover stuff. And you could hear my voice on um, a number of different projects. I have one coming out on Spotify called uh, called Phobias, where I play a doctor, Dr. Siggy. And then I also am on another, there are a lot of her children's podcasts. So I am also on another one uh, called Nice to Meet You. There's an episode uh, where I play a cockatiel. <laughs> they put together like <laughs> two unlikely pairs uh-huh. and it's cockatiel. And then another improviser guy I know, um, he plays a rock star and it's a really fun, quirky thing. Yeah. So I do some voiceover and uh, yeah, yeah, commercials. And you've probably seen me in a commercial or two over the years and promptly fast forwarded and a, and <laughs> TV the, uh, too. Don 
dish soap lady. Yeah, I did a or cascade. Do, no, cascade. Cascade. That's what it was. And, and I uh, did a couple of commercials, one with Tina Fey. That was fun. I yeah, got that to, one was really I funny. I got to act opposite her and nearly pass out. And yeah, I've done a bunch of those progressive. You see me with flow. But again, you've probably fast forwarded right on through me. So, <laughs> <laughs> But that's what I do. Yeah, and I I am similar. I'm like a gig worker in the arts. Slash, you used to be on Broadway. Well, but that was a long, long time yeah, ago. Yeah, but I can't say I was ever on Broadway. Well, so I used to be a dancer. Uh, yeah, I used to be a tap dancer and, you know, we that We both type of can thing. tap, but you're yes. like better for, uh, for shores. Yeah, I used to do Tommy Toon shows in Yeah, she was uh, a tall, leggy Tommy Toon girl. Yeah, but I, you know, I left that and I went out west instead. And when I did that, then I had to get much more creative about how I was making a living. So I've done and continue to do all sorts of different kinds of admin for arts organizations. I teach sometimes. I write sometimes. I tell stories sometimes. Right. I do some voiceover. Like there's a few books on Audible that have been narrated by me. I do animation voices sometimes when I'm lucky enough to get a gig. I got a play coming up over here where I get to play a slightly vacant but enthusiastic <laughs> comedy role that should be fun <laughs> that's the breakdown <laughs> on the character that's so fun. yeah that was called into the breaches so yeah yeah so we we perform i guess yeah i guess we, we perform we yeah somehow make it work yeah yeah that's it's fun yeah okay rod also has a would you rather Okay. Would, you, would you rather spend an evening with a Grand Sumo Breakdown guy's mansplaining sumo to you or spend an <laughs> evening watching Kanishki eat, but you can't have any? You just have to watch. <laughs> well, just because, well, the the Grand Sumo boys, they, they don't, would never, they would mansplain. never mansplain. They're like the nicest, coolest dudes ever. Yes, yes. So I would always choose to just hang out with them. They would ha they would just have to watch out for us not female-splaining to them. <laughs> no, um... I actually might choose just watch Konishki eat because he's just joyous to hang out with. He's like full of surprises. Even though I couldn't have any, I would still just like to be there hanging out with oh, Konishki. Yeah. Are you can you imagine how entertaining that would be just to hang out and have a meal with him and not eat? <laughs> yeah, just to chill with the party man himself with yeah. pink hair. I'd love it. I mean, the man has story upon story upon story. Yeah. So you know that meal would last for Four hours. Yeah. Because he's eating and then telling stories at the same time. That's right. Okay. We had somebody who had some legitimate, really awesome questions. And a lot of them, to be honest, I could not answer. The information just wasn't out there. So we're going to research further in the future and see if I can get a handle on some of the answers. Chris asked us a lot about gyojis. And he wanted to know, um, he said, I know the gyojis have ranks and they have two names, Kimura or Shikimura. Um, I understand about the privilege of wearing tabis or sandals, which are the feet, like the higher up they go, it's true. They're, they're like, they can't they're wear not, shoes. Right. They're not and barefoot then, anymore. Yeah. The top two levels, they're like, we give you shoes now. We give you socks first and then we <laughs> give you shoes. shoes. Right the very, very, like, so we'll give you, you shoes and purple tassels. Could you imagine like if you're vice president of the company and you're in like a business suit, but like... Like you only have socks on because they're like, but you're not the president. <laughs> only the president and the CEO. Only Steve Jobs can, can, wear, can shoes. wear shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and then everybody else who works in the office, who's a secretary or just marketing. Completely barefoot. Just barefoot. <laughs> anyway, it's a it's a fun idea. Anyway, his his questions are about the higher rank yogis who wear the beautiful silk outfits and they've got to be expensive. So he wants to know who pays for them. Mm -hmm. Well, I found out that these um, are silk. Um, when they're lower down, their outfits that they wear are cotton. But yes, they are silk. They are reminiscent of uh, ye old days, the Heian and Ashikaga periods with influences from the Edo period. They get more elaborate and they, they have full length silk outfits as they get more right, because in Jurio, you'll see these guys who are Gyoji and they have, it's almost like little silk pants that they're tying. They look, a little, they look a little bit like knickers. They are adorable little Japanese knickers. Yes. And then they have these long, beautiful outfits that almost touch the floor by the time they get to those higher ranks. Right. And then they have little rosettes and like little embellishments. They have little tassels. That are different colors depending yes, on your rank. Yes, depending on your rank. You, uh, me personally, I'm like, I can't see anything other than... And just pattern in front of my face. 
And then, I have always wondered about the tassels because yeah, they I will spin the tassels. They will spin at, like yeah. a old timey striptease. <laughs> during the, during the Yokozuna doyo iri. It's an old timey yeah. Japanese striptease strip strip right behind the Yokozuna's butt. That's right. right. <laughs> Right. But those will change like the tassels and all this have changed from green to white. They add the they add the sh- little socks and shoes, all that kind of stuff. But the Kyokai gives the Gyoji an allowance for his clothing and accessories with every basho. And I did not realize that. Yeah. Until I looked into this question for this listener as well. That yeah. They get an allowance. Yeah. And more often than not, this is from uh, it'll be in our sources, one of our sources. But it says more often than not, I'm literally reading from one of our sources. It, the higher levels, the outfits in the Goombai, the war fan, the fan that they use, are presented to the Gyoji as gifts from supporters. Mm-hmm. Some even receive hand-me-downs from Gyojis who have gone on to a higher level. Yeah, and that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Like, you leave your rank and you're like, here, you can take my beautiful outfit because I'm going to get one that's a hand-me-down from someone above me. Right. We're very familiar with hand-me-downs. We lived our entire life yes. with hand-me-downs. Well, you didn't. I lived my whole life I in did. your hand-me-downs. I, no, I lived my whole life in Luann's hand-me-downs. That's so we our both oldest have. sister. We have another sister. Yeah. She exists. Um, but she's far more responsible. And does does not follow Sumo. No, she doesn't. <laughs> okay. But the, the allowances is one thing. The yeah. sponsorships, he's like, who pays for them? And I thought, well, we've had the most recent sponsorship, like... Pokemon. Pokemon. And all of those... Uh, look, I doubt that there's anybody who's paying for that other than the Pokemon people. Right. The Pokemon company. Yeah. I'm sure like, said, we will make your silk outfits, yeah. wear them, and you're a walking poster board for Pokemon universe exactly yeah and another question was uh, so if you'd like to make a sumo kaboom pokemon t-shirt line i mean we could figure we out a way to thirty thousand dollars or more we could come up with a t-shirt we could design. come up with a sumo kaboom yoji <laughs> silk outfit <laughs> and be, be like awesome here it is yeah i'd wear it i would wear it on the front row in my no recliner. i want them to wear it oh that would be even so better. if we have somebody listening who's like a gajillionaire we'll let you know that that would be a great way to spend your money, just, <laughs> just willy-nilly. I, he says, I know that Gyojis are associated with Heias, and the Heias have supporter clubs. Do the Heias clubs buy the outfit, or do they have their own Gyoji clubs? And I don't know if there's, like, a Gyoji club, but... Yeah, I couldn't find any mention of a no, Gyoji club. No, But a Heia support Yeah, it have. makes sense that that... That would come through uh, the Heia mm-hmm. in the same way that they support everyone else. They're like, I'm Team Miyagano. I am Team um, Name Any. But we are just guessing here. Yeah, I mean, there could be a Gyoji support club that we just don't know about. True. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot we of things just, we don't know. Yeah. But we just couldn't find a mention of it anywhere online. His question was, um, do the Gyoji's designer pick out the material? And that's also one that I don't really know. I do know, though, that the wrestlers, you know, they go about wearing their mawashi and they do have a say in what color they want. You know, it'll be like hot pink for Ura. So I would imagine, again, I'm not 100% sure, but I I would imagine that would be, um, if you're given a gift, yeah, Maybe you're like, oh, it's like grandma gave me a gift. I guess I'll wear it. Yeah, Pokemon outfit. Mm. But I also imagine that they're so, they're made so beautifully. And there's a handful of people who make them that they're not out there making anything gaudy and like, oh, I don't want to wear that as as a Gyoji. Right. right. Um, I did learn that it takes two or three months to just make a single garment, and that can take around uh, to get them dressed 20, 20 minutes for two people to dress someone in that outfit, and then and uh, take it off in about five minutes. So he in also that striptease, yeah, and the striptease <laughs> that's with the tassels. Yeah. That's what they use. Do they ever share outfits? Again, something we don't exactly know. I don't think. Like once it's yours, I imagine you would just wear it. But yeah, if it's a hand me down from somebody else. Yeah, somebody else has worn it. He wants to know how many they typically have. And I don't know. I guess it's individual because if they all have supporters giving them and they all have allowances, there may be somebody who's like, nope. I wonder if you could pocket the money. (laughs) If you're like, I'm not going to buy a new one. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) 
<laughs> they expect you to look as sharp as a pin. Yes. So you probably have as many as you need. And that could be quite a lot. But I do wonder, I mean, do they have five outfits to make them to make it through the 15 days or do they have a different one each and every day? See, this I couldn't find unless I watched and I, f- and I sense that, like, if I watched a whole Basho, the same guys, I'm sure they're in different outfits again and again. And those higher ranked guys, the top two, the Tata yeah. Gyoji. The and- Papa Goji? Yeah. <laughs> Papa Gyoji. Yeah. Papa Gyoji and I'm Tata kidding, Gyoji. Okay. Tata Gyoji is the right term. They, they are prob, they are the Hakaho. They are yeah. the elite. So I imagine they have, they've got 60 of them in a closet. Like, probably. They've been in this for a super long time. So. But let's just make a wish list. We would love to talk with someone who has been or is a Gyoji. Wouldn't that be an amazing interview? Yeah, it would be. Wow. Now, Chris also had some questions about the Goombai and uh, and how what what's that made of and who how, how does he get it? You know, and remind and us again what the Goombai is. That's the War Fan and. The, and it's the thing that they're holding. When yeah, when they, they say it's about time to fight, they or, move or the when fan. They, they, they show it. They yeah. point it towards the winner. Yeah. yeah. And then when it's, it's time thing. to fight, they move it from sideways to forward, I think. And anyway, a, the a very first Goombai owned by a new Gyoji is given by a senior Gyoji or a room master. In some cases, there are multiple Goombais, one for main location and the other for a tour, the Jungyos. Oh, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This war fan business comes from, they, well, it's a theory, that the war fan came to be used in sumo because when the samurai wrestled in the camps, the warrior, because they would have their own war fans, um, the war, a different warrior would play the role of a gyoji and used it to decide who one. They just happened to have a war fan in their pocket, and they were like, "Yeah, Let's because just use they're this. warring, and I'm yeah. a samurai, and yeah. I war people, and I tell people where to go to in war with this fan, and so there we go. I'm going to yeah. point at you because you were the winner. Yeah, and the um, the war fans, you'll notice, the higher and higher up they get to be more and more ornate. They're made of oak or the zelkova tree. I've never mm. heard of a zelkova tree, yeah, and me metal is often fitted to the frame. Iron and wood are used for the handle, so. They have some of those at the museum, at the Sumo Museum. Mm -hmm. So if you find yourself in Japan, you get to go to that museum, definitely check out some of these Gyoji outfits and the Goombai examples because they look stunning. Yeah. And they say also, you know, the higher up they get with these war fans, you'll find like kanji written on it Mm -hmm. um, or very, very like fabulously and like intricately carved rarer rarer woods. Mm -hmm. It's hard to say. Some of them are crazy heavy. Like they're just 50 pounds worth of fan. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what that was. Like smaller gentlemen to have to hold a 50 pound. I know. Well, yeah. But apparently they're, they can be very heavy if they're (laughs) outfitted with metal as well and they're solid wood and metal. It could be, you know, they got to do some biceps, bicep curls with those fans every morning to get their. Arms ready for a well tournament. I mean, those guys do some major physical training in and of themselves, simply because of the squats they do to start off and the agility they have to stay out of the way of the sumo wrestlers. Yeah, I mean, I wonder what gyoji training looks like. I like wonder dodging that too. Wrestlers. Exactly, like people just throw bowling balls at you and you have to jump out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I hope we answered most all of those. There were some we couldn't answer for you, Chris, but I hope that that helps. Yeah. And you've given us a wish list idea, which is talk to a Gyoji, find a Gyoji so that we can ask some more of these questions. Yeah. So thank you. Okay. Finally, we had a series of questions that came in from Jay Sailing. And I can tell you already, we're not going to be able to answer them all, but here we go. This first one, I think, is not one that we're going to be able to answer. But this person says, I learned that there are certain words and phrases that only sumo wrestlers use. They have a word for thank you, which I believe begins with a G and is apparently a dead giveaway that they are rikishi, as if it isn't obvious just by looking at them. Um, I would love to know more about the special lingo. Can you do an episode on this? 
And I have seen, also I've heard John Gunning talk about this a little bit too. Like there are certain terms that well, they and use. Colton that- Runyon also said that like people could tell he had been spending time in a in a stable because the words he was using yeah. were sumo Sumo related. Yeah. So that's a great idea for a future episode because we haven't gone into that very much. And I don't know anything more about it. Do you? No, I don't. Other than they're correct. It is true. They do have the, it's not like a whole other language, but they have certain things that are most likely to come from that. Yeah. I, I guess it could be similar to like if you're like a skater dude, then you're like, like hey, everything bra. is like brawl, like <laughs> hey, bra. wicked, and yeah, man, like, righteous, righteous. And you're like, <laughs> so maybe that's what they're doing in the sumo sure. room. <laughs> yeah, why not? We're right? making it seem much more exotic than it really well, is. Well, Valley Girls would be like, like gag me with a spoon, like and back in the eighties. Like, oh my gosh, that's gross. Yeah, you can gag totally tell we're actors now. Yeah. Okay. Second question. I find it strange that Yobidashi and Gyoji are connected to Heias. What is their role in the Heia? And does their connection to the wrestlers, especially for Gyoji, affect who they work with and referee in a basho? Don't know. I think... Um, Let's I th- go to Bruce on this one, because Bruce actually had an answer. Yeah, so, you know, like so many things in Japan, it's tradition. Right. And that tradition may go back several hundred years. So um, <clears throat> the Yobidashi um, are a little bit more closely. And, and by the way, this is my opinion. Again, ask Gunning if you want a real expert. <clears throat> the Yobidashi are a little bit more closely connected to uh, Aheya than, uh, than the Gyoji are. The Gyoji sort of all flock about in their own, in their own uh, circles. Uh, especially the the tiny ones, the little larval gyoji. They teach them, you know, all the calligraphy and all the rest of that stuff. They work yeah. tirelessly on on perfecting every move. Um, so if you watch someone who's real, uh, and please, no one in Japan be offended by what I'm about to say. I have my own opinions. So if you watch someone who's really good at it, like Kanosuke, right, which some people refer to as the red gyoji, um, okay. um, you'll see that every move he makes is theatrical almost it's it's beautiful it's conservative it's fluid it's precise right whereas you compare it to some of the younger ones and i know there's some very popular young gyoji that are going to be a big deal in 10 15 years they're trying to get there they're trying to get to that level of polish right and so the the gyoji work amongst themselves um, to do all that stuff, uh, and, and and same with uh, with the yobidashi tend to flock more amongst themselves, and they they they're really in in my opinion the yobidashi the more interesting portion of of the sort of not on the ring sumo because of so many things they do. I don't, have you had a chance to go to Japan and actually uh, and watch sumo, Lori? I have not. Leslie has, but I have not. It is on my list of must things to do as soon as Japan opens up. Yeah. Um, so if you get a chance to go, spend, I don't know, 20 minutes just watching what all the Yobidashi are doing, because it's really kind of fascinating. They have so many tasks that they do during Hanbasho, um, all these little things, and they're all very choreographed and synchronized. Um, and so they have a lot of what I would call collateral duty, extra things they have to do to support the Sumo Association and their stable. So it's, um, it in, in the stable, the, the rikshi maintain the doyo themselves under, I believe, and of course, this is a gunning question, under, under the, uh, the guidance of their in-house yobidashi, who are sort of the keepers of, yeah, it needs to be about this wide, and the shikiri go about this wide, and over here, and over there, and all the rest of that stuff. When it comes to, like, sweeping the, their practice doyos and all the rest of that stuff, that's all rikshi, whereas during hanbasho, it's, it's, the, uh, it's the yobidashi. Well, I don't get a sense that the Gyoji are living with the sumo no, wrestlers or anything. Uh-uh. I get a sense that they're I don't training. Even, like, I don't even know what they're doing. I've never seen them in any videos. Are they sitting on the side? Oh, they're training calligraphy. Well, I know they do that. But yeah, like and morning I'm sure practice or anything. Maybe they have a Gyoji practice somewhere that we've just never seen. Or they're video off to of. the side and they're like, that was this, that was that. I mean, they must be practicing somewhere. Yeah. So I don't know if they come to the Haya in order to watch practice or that's separate. I mean, these are just so many fantastic questions about Gyojis that we're still going to have to look into. And we need to 
we need to interview someone. Here's another one I do not have an answer for yet, but I hope to find in the future. Why are the official mascots birds? For a country that excels in mascots and all things kawaii, I hope there is a good reason behind these birds. Oh, the little chickadee, the little cute. Yeah, I don't know. It, it They have kawaii culture, but when I was there, I, nothing nothing seemed to make sense. It was just cute for like not necessarily any particular reason. I'm sure there's a reason, but uh, maybe it's just like, this is the cutest that works. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. We're going to have to look into that. Yeah. It, I mean, when I was over there, I got totally into Hello Kitty and I loved... Um, the, they have this little doe called Deary Lou. And I was just like, I don't know why. It's just the cutest of the Sanrio universe of Hello Kitty stuff. I just like it. And maybe somebody at the JSA was like, okay, look at all our mascots. I just like this little chickadee. Let's make them our mascot. Okay, here's one for you. Who is your favorite sumo commentator and why? Hero. Oh, that, mean- was, that was so definite, too. Yeah, I mean, his excitement, and he also uses trickeration, which I love. Um, No, like, he seems to me, I like all of them, I really do, but he is just the one who's, like, in earnest, the one who's just, like, a kid in a candy store. Yeah. Like, he kind of shares the same sort of awe and excitement. That's why I've been dying to interview him, you know. I just want to hang out with him in the same way I want to hang out with a wrestler because I just like his vibe. Yeah. That that would be my answer. Yeah. I really love them all. I do too. I really do. Yeah, I'll it's have hard. great things to say. It's impossible for me to choose one because they're all so good in such different ways. And I just Raja is I love also Raja Pradnan, he's hilarious he's, too. But he's also like, I am very serious. But you can also put him in a ring in a Mawashi and he will <laughs> Like, legitimately try to do a sumo practice. I know. I just love his sense of humor. He's got this, like, very childish, fun, young way of talking about sumo. Yeah. Um, I love... Murray's hilarious, his old sourpuss self. (laughs) But I like him because he's... I mean, he's real. Murray is horse racing. But we know John Gunning knows about everything. So it's very likely that he also knows about horses. Well, I love listening to John simply because of his accent. Oh, of course. I love his fantastic accent. And and he has so much insight about he's been in the ring long enough to give me insight that nobody else can give me. He just also loves the wrestlers. He loves them as as people. He's hung out with them. Yeah. Yeah. And so he he always gives me something special there. Um, who's the guy? Is it Raja? Raja Pradnan? Who's always talking about, uh, who always posts what he's eating. No, no. And how, that's, uh, uh, that's Ross Mihara. That's it. Ross Mihara. Ross Mihara. I love, he honestly, more than any of the others, he makes me laugh, but I think unintentionally. Like, not in an intentional way. If you follow him on Instagram, he is ripped. He's always at the gym and he's always eating. (laughs) He's always posting pictures of his chest and waist to show how in shape he is. I mean, he looks good. He's fabulous. He could be like 107 years old. But he always looks good. He's always commenting on wrestlers' bodies, which I kind of appreciate. And then at the same time, I'm like, was that mean? I don't know. Maybe. I haven't caught that, but I. I like him. He's he's the voice. He's he also does the yeah, regular broadcasting. Voice. So you'll see him. They all do and, regular and pro- broadcasting we on have, NHK. We have asked two of them to be on an interview, and two of them have said no thus far. <laughs> right, but John Gunning said yes. John Gunning said yes. Yes, and we'll get to Murray. I'm sure Eventually. at some point, very soon, we'll get to Murray. If he agrees. Yes. Okay, this is a great question. Do you spend much time talking sumo casually at home or do you save it up for the podcast? Um, no, we don't talk because, well, Laurie hates spoilers. True. And like, no, to the point that like it could turn into a big old fright. (laughs) Yeah. Like, so when it's during a boss show, I actually don't talk to her at all unless (laughs) I'll say something like, did you see? And she'll be like, no, stop. No, enough. That is true, y'all. And so I will, the only thing I feel confident, like, <laughs> tiptoeing over to be like, do you want to talk about? And she'll be like, I haven't watched day 14 yet. Um, Once no, I've watched the sumo. Then it's fine. It's open game. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And you know it because you're here in the house watching it upstairs. Yes. Um. No, but uh, on Fridays, Thursdays and Fridays, we usually go, what do you want to do a sub? Uh, what do you want to do a show about? <laughs> and that's, oh, what about this? Okay. And then I'll okay. do this and then I'll do that. And then we really don't meet up until Monday when we're at the table. Yeah, that is true. And that brings us right to our next question. How long do you spend prepping for your podcasts? Um, in the beginning, it took me a lot longer to find what I was looking for. And still sometimes, like this week with all the Gyoji stuff, I spent a good long while. We, it depends, too. Sometimes the editing side of things is really what takes the most amount of time. The The research has gotten easier and easier. It's very easy when you know how to find Wikipedia. But... Uh, <laughs> No, I guess it just really depends on how much fun I'm having and how good of an internet search I'm in, you know, Mm -hmm. because sometimes you just hit brick walls and you're just like, I'm done. I'm done. Let's just go with what we've got. Um, But some of these where they have a real historical element, I don't really consider it like research. I'm just kind of having fun. Mm -hmm. So I don't think about it as much like that. Yeah. It's not torture. No, it's never torture. I I made a decision early on in our podcast to only research things I'm excited to learn about. So it never feels like work. So it's always fun for me to look into it. But I don't think I've ever had a week where I've spent less than than three hours. Like for me, it's like three hours to a full day researching probably each week. Yeah. But it might She's be far more up. far more thorough than I am. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I've got personality, kids. <laughs> no, uh, sometimes I research a lot, and then sometimes I'll give it like an hour, and I'm like, no, I've got enough history here for this yeah, bit. You to know, talk it through. I've gotten better about being like, okay. Enough is enough. You do have a life. You would like to go on a date or two one of these days. Like, Yeah, I'm not that way yet. I'm like, no, no, no. I'll spend my time looking at Suma. Well, we should talk about that. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. Because you deserve happiness. Okay. What is your preferred social media to interact with listeners on? Mine is Instagram. <sighs> I Yeah, I'm a visual person. So yeah. I appreciate me personally as a person. I'm on Instagram more. Yeah. I only go on Twitter during the Bashos on only after I've seen the day of Sumo, so there are no spoilers. And I always give myself a time limit, like no more than 45 yeah. minutes. I just don't even understand the functionality <laughs> of Twitter half the time. I just am like, just how can you even suck. find somebody who mentions you? Like, I know how to do it, but like <laughs> Twitter is not my favorite because there's just not as many pictures. <laughs> Yeah, it's all about fun pictures. That's really what but we love. we know that all of you fools are on Twitter, mostly. So we drag our asses over to Twitter and we're like, oh, there's some fun, like, there's some fun stuff going down. Yeah. Yeah, here. Yeah. yeah. So, are you on there outside of the Basho? Yes. Sometimes? Yeah, I'm typically on there. Um, but hence why we don't always respond as <laughs> quickly. Yeah. Y'all always, like, are so sweet and tag us and ask questions and then... Seven days goes by, and then one of us is like, we should check Twitter, right? <laughs> Send pictures our way. We're far more likely to uh, respond. Oh, we do respond on Facebook, but I think Instagram is still my favorite. Okay, last question. If you were a retired rikishi, would you rather do security or man the gift shop's cash register? Or what are some other jobs they have to do? Um, I tell you, I want to be the person holding that fire hose next to Hakaho in the photo shoots. That's what I want to do as a retired yeah. rikishi. I would choose gift shop because when I was a kid, I always played bank or store. Ah. And I do love to stamp things, even though I know that that's not the way it works. But in the old days, mom would give us a like a checkbook and there's like an old one and yeah. like make it out. And we'd put stamps all over it. I like transactions. <laughs> you learn something new every day i love money and transactions no um i probably would be able to sell like some serious magnets to people i bet you would i think i would excel at that far more than just sitting in a chair and being a bouncer i don't like confrontation yeah so i would not be the person to call but you would be good on the medical team well that's what i was thinking like emergency medical at fire team like that's the team i want to be on i would be on the I would be good interviewing people and doing all the social, not social media, but like the, the interviewing the wrestlers and then also side gig uh, 
the merchandise merchandise the merch i i could be like the hanamichi person that just stands there and just it's nods a long at people. time it's a long and it's yeah, an eight, eight hour day great view from where you are no. you get to talk to everybody as you go past you don't really have to deal with customers coming in and asking for your autograph all the time and and squealing and being like oh can i hug you like i think that That's would get true. old in the gift shop well to each his own that's right to each each her own i think that is it y'all had some fantastic questions thank you so much for playing along with us this week thank you for listening to us thank you for supporting us thank you for sending in your questions we had a ball this week and we'll be back at you next week with who knows what we'll talk about it on friday and then (laughs) research and have something for you on the next wednesday that's right till then i'm leslie laurie bye sayonara see y'all later Those those guys that were from Hawaii, Akebono, Musashimaru, those guys were enormous. And you understand Konishiki, you just understand why they dominated. Is well, that the 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 people Oh well, this is why I want to have a personal interaction with a sumo wrestler because so that I can experience that size difference. Feeling for tiny? Myself. Yes. Like when you have your feet dangle on a chair and you're like, Oh, this is fun. Yes, exactly. You feel like a kid again. Because I'm a taller lady. So I like feeling small in comparison to other people because it doesn't happen that often.